Hello, my name is Lourdes Gomez, and I'm a marine biology student at Cabrillo College. I've prepared a little bit of a biography today about a mathematician I admire, Charlotte Angus Scott. Miss Scott was born in England to a minister. Her father, Reverend Caleb Scott, worked with the con Congregational Church of England, and his position was really critical to her education in a couple ways, um, partially because he was involved in the Congregational Church. They, um, he really had an attitude of promoting opportunities for his daughter. The Congregational Church at the time was really pushing for women's rights and encouraging education for women. Um, and so he was able to really afford that to his daughter. Starting out from a young age, Charlotte was really getting the support and kind of the push into mathematics that she later really embraced and kind of took it and ran with. Uh, secondly, her father was the principal, excuse me, of Lancashire Independent College. So his high position was um, made it much easier and actually just doable in general for him to get tutors for all of his children, but especially Miss Charlotte Scott. Uh, from the age of seven, she had math tutors and so really fell in love with the subject at a very young age. Although Miss Scott was not included officially in the graduation ceremony, her fellow male students celebrated her in their own way, uh, certainly. They had a lot of admiration for Miss Charlotte Scott, and they certainly showed that and honored her in their own way at their graduation ceremony, which they really saw as something to share with her. She was one of them. She had made it through all of the difficult moments, and she had passed their exam with flying colors, and so they really felt the need to honor her. So I'm just going to read this little excerpt. Um, this account, and it reads as follows. The man read out the names, and when he came to eighth, before he could say the name, all the undergraduates called out, Scott of Girton, and cheered tremendously, shouting her name over and over again with tremendous cheers and raising of hats. So I just love that support uh, that all of her male students had for her, um, despite whatever restrictions or rules based on tradition that were at the University of Cambridge at the time. Miss um, Scott had quite a following and quite a support. And um, certainly not to discount the ladies of Girton College, they really also had a great admiration for Charlotte and they honored her um, with admiration and sincerity. So I'm going to read another excerpt from a student description and it reads as follows. At dinner, we clapped and cheered her. Then we told her there would be college songs in hall at nine. She was led in by Miss Welsh up an avenue of students to the top of the hall. While See the Conquering Hero Comes was played on the piano and sung by us all. At the top, Miss Herschel was standing on a sort of dais, and when we had finished singing, she recited an ode to Miss Scott, composed by Miss Welsh for the occasion and then crowned her with loyal, laurels while we clapped and applauded with all our might. So Miss Scott's champion success encouraged people and institutions everywhere to uh, open the academy doors, as it was written in a weekly paper called Punch, uh, to ladies in academics and just kind of everywhere for the time. Um, in just a couple of months, 
8,000 signatures were collected petitioning for the allowance of women to take university exams. Now, this is at a time where there were no Facebook shares or reposts or emails or anything. So 8,000 signatures was certainly a lot to collect in just a short period of time, voicing the support of men and women everywhere that really were seeking to promote um, the allowance of opportunities to be embraced by women, especially in the academic field. So Scott continued to research at Girton, um, and algebraic geometry was her specialty, and she worked under the supervision of Arthur Cayley. Um, And having no degree officially at the time, she looked to University of London, which was open to women. So in 1882, she was was awarded a bachelor's in science degree with first-class honors in mathematics, and just three years later, she received her doctorate in mathematics. Uh, All this while, while working on her degrees, she was teaching as well. She had been appointed as a math lecturer at Girton College, which she held from 1880 to 1884, and then from 1880 to 1883, she was also giving lectures at Newnham College. In 1885, Bryn Mawr College in Pennsylvania, the United States, was opened, and it was the first higher education institution in the U.S. that offered a graduate training for women. So naturally, Miss Scott was the perfect fit. On the recommendation of Cayley, Mr. Arthur Cayley, the aforementioned research advisor, Scott was appointed there, and she became the first head of the mathematics department. And not only that, she, of the eight members of academic staff at the time, she was the first mathematician. Uh, Scott really had a great devotion to her students as soon as she began there. Uh, She was described as an exceptionally capable and gifted teacher. Uh, She published quite a few works. She wrote a book called An Introductory Account of Certain Modern Ideas and Methods in Plain Analytical Geometry in 1894. And then she became an editor for the American Journal of Mathematics. So in that, within that position, she continued to write and publish uh, quite a few of her works. Um, and then she was, founder, she was a founder member of the American Mathematical Society. In the early years of the 20th century, Scott's healing began to deteriorate through rheumatoid arthritis as well as loss of hearing. Uh, A lot of speculations have also uh, mentioned her just missing her home country. She loved England, and while she was in the United States for 30 years and accomplished many things and did really, really wonderful work, uh, she did see it, according to some writers, as largely a duty and an accomplishment and not necessarily ever really a love. regarding where she was, regarding the United States. Miss Scott did retire from teaching in 1924, and they held quite a celebration in her honor. Um, but, and this is a tribute to her dedication to her students. She remained in the United States um, at Bryn Mawr College for a whole other year until 1925, just uh, for the sake of one of her final doctoral students to ensure that her supervision could see them through the end, and she remained with her until she had finished her doctoral work and graduated. Um, in 1925, Miss Scott moved back to England and settled in Cambridge for the remainder of her life, surrounded by her family, although she did 
uh, outlive most of the people within her family that were in her generation. She was greatly loved by her, her nieces and nephews. Um, she was attributed to being very witty, never at a loss for words, and very clever. Um, and obviously, through her work, we can see that she was very hardworking and a very impassioned young lady um, all the way through the rest of her life. Miss Scott really championed um, the embrace of education and the pursuit of education and pursuing what she really loved despite any obstacles or any odds. Miss Scott was said to be very witty, very clever, and never at a loss for words. We can obviously that she was very hardworking and very dedicated to what she loved. Um, so many wonderful things have come out of her work, and additionally, we can still learn about her today and be inspired by the example that she set for pursuing education and pursuing something that she loved. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed Women, The Limit Does Not Exist. <laughs>